Hello. So for those of you who don't know me, as Marcel said, my name is John Orr, and along with my wife Cindy and my daughters Jade and Catherine, we are a part of the North County region of the International Church of Christ. If we could make it longer, I'm sure we would. Um, so first of all, happy or merry day after Christmas. There we go. I haven't ever used this little thing before, so I want to make sure I press the right button. So um, today's the day after Christmas, and I don't know about you. I love Christmas, but boy, does it wear me out. Getting woken up at the crack of dawn by your children, spending the whole day cooking and giving to the rest of the family that you don't see the rest of the year. Um, yeah, I feel like I need a vacation after, after Christmas. Time for recovery. Um, but don't fear. In a mere five days, we have yet another holiday. Yay! New Year's, where you get to stay up all night. Um, so yeah, we've got that to look forward to. Um, the interesting thing about New Year's is New Year's was not always on December 31st. In fact, there was a long time period where December 25th was New Year's. And so... Uh, a long time ago, today would be the first day of the new year. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Originally, the Romans celebrated the new year in mid to late March. So their idea of new year was to link it to the equinox, the vernal equinox. And then in 46 BCE, before the Common Era, uh, Julius Caesar, pictured there, uh, established the Julian calendar. And he moved New Year's to December 31st, January 1st. And the reason he did that is because January is named after the Roman god Janus, who is the god of gates and beginnings. So he felt that just seemed more symbolically worthwhile to do it that way. Um, after he left, uh, eventually the Romans uh, became a Christian empire. Uh, at that point, they moved it back to March um, and kind of moved it back and forth. So depending on who was in charge, they would kind of pick a religiously significant date to make the New Year. So sometimes it would be December 25th, which is, of course, the anniversary of the birth of Jesus. And sometimes it would be in mid-March, in which, uh, March 25th, which is what they call the Feast of Annunciation. Um, and that is basically when they estimate that Gabriel came to Mary and told her that she was going to give birth to Jesus. So those were kind of the two times that they typically counted as the new year. Um, but then in 1586, Pope Gregory XIII, he established the Gregorian calendar, which is the calendar we use today for the most part. Uh, it's based on the old Julian calendar, and he moved it back to January 1st, being the first day of the new year. Um, many reasons for that, most of them not good. If you want to learn, you can look him up. Not a good person. But as I said, 
Uh, Caesar had an interesting reason for picking January 1st because it was related to their god of gates, of beginnings. But also, Janus, as you see a picture of him or her here, Janus was always depicted as a a two-faced god. Not two-faced as in lying, but two-faced as in always looking forward and always looking back. And Caesar kind of felt that that was a symbolic thing for New Year's. That the new year should be a time of both reflection on your past and a planning for your future. And this is what I wanted to focus on today. Reflecting on our past while seeing inspiration for our future. For the past month, we've talked about making room for the four themes of Advent. Hope, peace, joy, and love. And in Romans 15, it says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Unfortunately, to quote one of my favorite songs, you can't pick up a crown holding what's holding you down. If you notice, I... I, the, the way the Advent candles are, they form a circle, they form a crown. The crown that I believe God wants us to wear, to, to clothe ourselves, to crown ourselves with hope, peace, joy, and love. But we can't pick that up if we hold on to the things that are holding us back. So my question today is what are the things that have held you down this year? Fear? anxiety, greed, anger. For myself, reflecting on this past year, I think one of the biggest things for me is pridefulness, coming out and being judgmental. So there are many things in the world right now dividing us. Opinions on healthcare, presidency, education, sports teams, Uh, All kinds of things. And the one thing I can't figure out is why the rest of you insist on being wrong. Right? Because that's how it has to be, right? Because if I'm right and you disagree, that means you're wrong. Because I'm not wrong. You know? I, I, for the life of me, cannot figure out why Julia loves the Cowboys. They're horrible. Horrible. I can make fun of Julie because her Cowboys are leading the division. I'm not making fun of Kenny because his Washington team isn't. (laughs) They can still make the playoffs, though. My teams aren't leading the divisions anyway. Chargers and Niners, but it's okay. Um, Because, I I mean, that's the thing, right? What I believe must be the truth. I think this is right, it must be the truth. This is the way that we're gonna fix this country, this is the way we're gonna need to deal with this disaster, this is the way that education needs to be. But unfortunately, when it comes to the world, truth is a subjective thing. And we view it through glasses shaped by our past. Fortunately, for me, since I have this problem, God has a scripture to help me with it. 
except I skipped the scripture. So that was the first time I'd done that. So talking about the crown, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last. And as I said, that crown is a crown that carries hope, peace, love, and joy. Would help if I remembered my own slideshow. <laughs> oh, too far. There we go. Now I've caught up. Okay. So as I said, there's a scripture. God, I love that God gives us every tool we need to help us. There's scriptures in the Bible. And so this is a scripture, I think, designed to help me with my pridefulness. And it says, we who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. So when I argue with you, debate, discuss, whatever you want to call it, what am I really doing? I'm trying to convince you to my way of thinking, why? To glorify myself, to prove that I'm right. Because if I can change your mind, that makes me right and means you were wrong. But what does that do? Does that please Christ? Now, Christ wants us to be unified. And, and, and I think that for myself, that's the thing I need to keep in mind. What is it that I need to be focusing on? What is it that I need to be doing? And what I need to be doing is helping us be unified and picking arguments over things that really don't matter isn't the way to do it. I have to remind myself that more often than not, my opinions bring only harm. My political affiliation, vaccination status, favorite sports teams, those things won't get me into heaven. They are not the things that truly matter, but that's, and, that, and that's how it works. Those are the things that weigh me down. If it weighs me down, I can't pick up my crown. I can't pick up that crown that God laid out for me that have joy, love, hope, and peace. No matter how important something feels, if it doesn't get you into heaven, is it important? For example, this past November I got laid off. Worked for the Cal States for, I don't know, about 18, 19 years. Uh, you know, COVID happened, ran out of money. And it's easy to take that and justify allowing myself to be consumed by worry and, and anxiety, right? I don't have a job anymore. That's got to be my focus now. But God tells us look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. 
Are you not much more valuable than they? So apparently, according to the Bibles, the birds have no jobs and they don't have bank accounts. Because God says they don't need it. And if the birds don't need it, then why do we? I'm not saying that I should just go sit at home and watch TV and not worry about it. What I'm saying is that I should trust that whatever action I take, eventually God is going to bless it. Because God wants to take care of me and my family. So these are some of the things that have weighed me down. And so again, I ask, what's weighing you down? The reason I ask this is that by knowing what weighs us down, we can then make effort to look forward to change that. Figure out how to put it down so we can pick up the crown that we want. We can then face forward and live a life centered around Christ. But what does that look like when it happens? When we reach for that crowd? In the Old Testament, it talks about a person being able to be restored by when an angel intercedes for them. They have the, inner, the ability to be renewed. Back in Job, it says, Yet if there is an angel at their side, a messenger, one out of a thousand, sent to tell them how to be upright, and he is gracious to that person and says to God, Spare them from going down to the pit. I have found a ransom for them. Let their flesh be renewed like a child. Let them be restored as in the days of their youth. Then that person can pray to God and find favor with them. They will see God's face and shout for joy. He will restore them to full well-being. We have an opportunity to be restored. To be renewed. To, ha to have our youth come back to us. And I don't think it means youth as in physical. I don't think my air is ever going to go back to yellow from the white that it currently is. Um, but I do believe that God can give me a youthful spirit. Because a youthful spirit is a spirit filled with hope and joy. You know, is a spirit that's excited for Christmas because of the presents and the food and the treats and, and the love that everybody has as opposed to being worried about whether or not anybody's going to like what you got them or stress about whatever issues you have. You know, youth has hope for the future. Old, not always. Sometimes it's easy to feel burned out. But I think the thing that matters now, too, is the idea that this is the Old Testament, in which we need an angel to intercede. But in the New Testament... We don't anymore because we have Christ. In the book of Hebrews, it says, therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. Christ is our internal lawyer, I guess. One sent to intercede on our behalf. That was his sacrifice. He is the one who brings us that restoration, that renewal.
we have the ability to look forward to a future of renewal because of him. For the opportunity to change doesn't just come at the new year. As I showed before, new year is an arbitrary thing. It has no real meaning. There is no real legitimate reason why this, what, Friday is New Year's. It's just some pope way back in the day decided to make it that way. So, I understand it is kind of symbolic to make the New Year's resolution. Oh, in the New Year, I'm going to do this. But it doesn't have to wait for New Year's for change to come. Because the, the problem we have with New Year's resolutions is too often, about a month or two later, we blow it. You know, I mean, some of you may have been able to hold a New Year's resolution for an entire year. I've never done it. Uh, more power to you. But I think the thing to look at is because of Christ's sacrifice, every day is a new year. Every morning is an opportunity to reflect and change, to grow, to be a part of that restoration and renewal. Christ says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me you know and and the cross is the symbol of that resurrection is the symbol of the sacrifice that Christ made for us to help us renew so he says blatantly right there that every day we have the opportunity to fit have that renewal every day we need to look at opportunities to change, to grow, and to pick up that crown. There's nothing wrong with the New Year's resolution. It's just, we can do that every day. So these are some of the issues I've been dealing with over the past year. And once again, I ask you, what is weighing you down? What is it? And, and that's what I'm suggesting is today, tomorrow, the rest of this week, reflect on the things that hold you down, that, that you carry and hold on to that prevent you from getting it. Whatever it is, I guarantee you God has an answer for it. He does. Impurity, there's a scripture for it. Doubt, stress, anger, jealousy, whatever it is, there's a scripture for it. If you're a member of the church, then you need to get with somebody and talk about what's going on in your life. Because I guarantee you, somebody here has been through it too. You know, uh, the book of Ecclesiastes tells us there's nothing new in this world. And there isn't. Now, there's a lot of stuff that's new to you. I've never been laid off before. I've never involuntarily left a job before. Never been fired, never been laid off, never been. I've, I either quit or the contract runs out. So that was a new one. And I didn't know how to handle it. But fortunately, I have a brother in my life who it has happened to. And he was able to sit down with me and help me feel and help me understand why I was feeling the way I was. 
you know, feeling depressed, feeling hurt, feeling, you know, he called it a, a mourning period. You know, and I, and I kind of laughed at it, but, but I thought, and that was true, because that's how I felt. It almost felt like there was a, a death. You know, that kind of shock that, that, of that. So whatever it is you're dealing with, don't, don't think no one will understand. Someone's going to understand. Because someone else has done it. Someone else has been there. It's happened to them. Now, if you're not a member of the church, then I recommend that you get with somebody who is and study the Bible and learn about Christ and learn about what he can give you. That he can take that burden off your shoulder. That he can help you let go of the things that weighing you down to give you that peace, love, hope, and joy that they promise. So, along that line, right here, right now, is a good place to start. Communion. Communion is where we do a physical act that reminds us of the sacrifice of God. Of Christ we drink of the vine we take of the bread in remembrance of his flesh and blood and the sacrifice he made for us every time we take communion again is an opportunity to reflect and renew your spirit so as we pray pray for the new year pray for the new week pray for the things that you want to change in your life let's go ahead and bow our heads God, thank you so much for this opportunity to come before your congregation, both those here and, and those online. Uh, I pray that uh, you help them to grow, you help them to uh, reflect on whatever it is that's holding them back for, for the, the things that clutter up their, their hearts and their minds that uh, prevent us from really experiencing what you want for us, the hope, love, and joy, and peace that you've promised us. I pray for uh, those who aren't able to be here today. I pray for those who've managed to join us today from far away, like the Willards uh, coming from Atlanta. Uh, it's great to be able to see, that's one of the reasons I love this time of year, to be able to see those who I haven't seen in a while. Um, but I pray you're with all of us. I pray that we can just really find glory in your sacrifice. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.